I, I was excited to teach tonight. I knew it was going to rain, so I was hoping to teach to about five people. More than five showed up, I guess. But that's okay. You know what's amazing is that uh, the older we get, our perspective changes about things. When I was younger, I began pastoring when I was 25. I think when I was 26 or 27 years old, I was standing before, before 2,500 men. At 27 years of age, I was preaching to 2,000 men. That's amazing. Uh, and I remember being so excited about the big crowd. I felt like Jesus and because there, was, there were people, literally, literally there were men up trees listening to, to, the, to the preacher. And I felt like calling out and saying, Zacchaeus, come down from there because I'm going to your house today. It was an amazing experience, but I remember standing here before you now, uh, the draw of, the, of, of those things, of large crowds, of large events, those things, they, they, the Lord begins to do a work in your heart, and you begin to realize what's important in ministry, what has greater value. There's nothing wrong with speaking to multitudes, but Jesus himself, think about this, Jesus invested most of his time with 12. What an example for us. Uh, let's get into the word tonight, Galatians 5. We've been dealing with the Holy Spirit, and tonight I'm going to talk about a little bit about the fruit of the Spirit. And, and more than the fruit of the Spirit, I'm not going to focus on the fruit. I'm going to talk about how the fruit is produced. How that fruit is produced in us, because I think it's important. This is something that every believer deals with. And tonight we're going to deal with this. Galatians 5, verse 22 and 23. Let's stand. We're reading out of NASB tonight. Please stand for the reading of the word. Are you toasty and warm? Oh, tonight after service, we have, how many of you have ever had um, hot apple cider? Hot apple cider. Have you had hot apple cider? Let me tell you something. Warm apple cider is delicious when it's cold outside. I'm not kidding. Tonight is your night. If you've never had it, tonight's your night. Right there, that table outside, we're not selling it. Get yourself a cup and, and watch it warm your stomach. I promise you, you're going to enjoy it. I had it for the first time in New York City. We were freezing outside, walking the streets. We went into our hotel, and I poured myself some, and I said, what is this? And it was life-changing. I had about, I, I stood there. You're only supposed to get one, but I stood there and refilled. I said, I'm from Cali. They don't know me anyway. Let's read. Galatians 5.22. Ready? Read. Is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, 23, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now go back. I want to point these things out before we pray. The fruit, notice it doesn't say fruits. It does not say fruits, and that's on purpose. There are other times in the scripture where plurality is used and it is intentional. Plurality is not used here on purpose. And I'm going to teach you that tonight. It's one of the things I'm going to address. The fruit. Everybody say fruit. Fruit of the Spirit is. Now, I want you to examine yourself quietly. Is there love? Is there joy? Is there peace? Is there patience? Is there kindness? Is there goodness? Is there faithfulness? Next verse. Is there gentleness? And is there self-control in your life? If there is not. If there is not then you are not yielded to the work of the Holy Spirit of God. 
And you and I, if those things are not evident, you are operating in the flesh. And what you will see evident in your life are the things that you read in the verses prior, which are the works of the flesh. Notice, the flesh produces works. The spirit produces fruit. You didn't hear what I just told you. The flesh produces works. The spirit produces fruit. There's a difference. Bow your heart. Father, we love you and we thank you tonight. Lord, as we sit at your feet, feed us the bread of heaven until we want no more. I pray, Lord, that you would grant me clarity in mind, precision of speech, and give these your people an ear to hear, a heart to receive, and grace to apply. Lord, thank you for this beautiful rainy day that you've allowed us to come. You've given us the mindset to be in your house. Lord, may a special blessing rest upon everyone who braved the weather to come into your house. Father, we thank you for this time that we have together. Bless it now. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Be seated. One of the biggest temptations that I think a believer is going to encounter is the temptation to put their trust in the arm of the flesh. That means works. I think we grow impatient when we look, when we examine our lives and our walk with God. I think we're, we're always going to be tempted to grow impatient at the lack of fruit, at the lack of development that we want to see maybe. We also are prone and susceptible to comparing ourselves to other believers. I promise you, whether you realize it or not, whether you do it consciously or subconsciously, that you're looking at other Christians and you're comparing their life with yours. You're comparing their walk with yours. Well, let me see. Well, they praise like that and they know this much. Well, how, how long have I been here? How much do I know? Well, and I promise you, that comparison, listen carefully, you comparing your walk with God with other believers, what it's going to lead is an effort that is birthed in the flesh. You are going to try. I'm guilty of this and so are you. We are going to try to produce something that we cannot produce without the help of the Holy Spirit. Let me, let's, let's settle the issue right now. You cannot produce fruit of the Spirit through the flesh. Works will never produce these things that Paul writes about in the fifth chapter uh, in the, of the book of Galatians. Your flesh could never produce these things. Now, some of you, even the idea right now, some of you are like, wait a minute, I think even without Jesus, even before Jesus, I had self-control. No, you didn't. Even before Jesus, I was loving. No, you weren't, because whatever you think was love, it was rooted in self. You see, you might have thought you were a loving person, but that love was rooted in self-centered purposes and motives. I promise you, it's only when you come to Jesus that love is truly Christ-centered and truly able to be dispersed abroad, even to your enemies. You didn't have that kind of love, I promise you. Are you in the house? So these things are produced by the Holy Spirit, okay? So I, I, wanna, I want us to understand that we, we, we have to guard against the temptation to produce these things by putting our trust in the arm of the flesh, your flesh, or works. Your works can never produce the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Only the Spirit of God working in our lives can do that. Now, how is this accomplished? When our faith is in the finished work of Jesus, you have to get this. When our faith is in the finished work of Jesus, and I'm going to take you to Romans 7 in a minute. When our faith is in the finished work of Jesus, the Spirit of God has the freedom to work supernaturally in us, and not only in us, and through us. Here's for what purpose? That we would bear fruit. The Gospel of John, we could talk about it. Uh, beloved, I would, I would that, you, that you be fruitful. It is the will of God that you bear fruit fruit now how is it that the spirit of god works in us and through us when our faith is in jesus notice your faith is either in jesus or it's in you or it's in your flesh one or the other your faith is either in christ 
or it's in your flesh. One or the other. It's either in the grace of God or in the works of the flesh. One or the other. Now, you can be saved and depend upon the works of the flesh, but you're going to end up frustrated and fruitless. I'm going to say it again. You can be saved and depend upon the arm of the flesh, but you're going to be frustrated and fruitless. And here's why. Because the Spirit of God is not going to share his glory with another. Let me tell you what would happen if, when your faith is not in Jesus and when you're trying to produce good works, when you're trying to produce these things in and of your own effort, he, why would he let you succeed in that? If he allowed you to succeed in that effort, then you're prone to think that it, what? That it was you. You're going to be prone to think, oh, it was, it was my fasting that got this done. It was my prayer that got this done. Charismatic, Charismania says, it's my, it's my giving that got this done. You're, you really think your giving moves the hand of God? You really think your praying moves the hand of God that way? I cringe when I, when I think about some of the things I used to say. When I hear people say today, prayer moves the hand of God. Does it? Well, you're preaching against prayer? Of course I'm not. But I think that prayer moves you more than it moves him. Don't get mad at me. Same with fasting. I think fasting realigns your affections. It's not about getting God to do something. Can you manipulate the sovereign God of creation? Good luck. We can't. We are creation. He's creator. Pray, fast, give, serve. But don't ever shift your faith away from Christ and what he's already finished for you. Don't you ever do that because you're going to end up frustrated and fruitless. How do you know? Because I've lived that for most of my Christian life. In fact, when most of us fail or struggle, we're told you got to do more. How'd that work out for you? Let me tell you, and let me, I can almost assure you, you ended up tired and more frustrated. Why? Because God can't share his glory with anybody else. And he can't let you trust in the flesh that way. Because if these things are produced by way of your effort alone, you're going to be kapa. You're going to be thinking, well, it was me. Wrong. It's Christ. Christ has already made a way. And when your faith is in Jesus, the Spirit of God comes. And guess what he begins to do? He begins to work in your life. Amen. Do you remember when you came to Christ? How many remember when you came to Jesus? you remember that day? Now, were you trusting in your efforts then? Were you trusting in self? Did you tell yourself, I can do this? I promise you, when you heard the gospel and when the Spirit of God pricked your heart, you came saying, Wow, what an amazing Savior. I don't deserve any of this. You lean, you depend upon, you depended upon the goodness of God. Am I not right about that? What happened to you? Paul at one point would say, you foolish Galatians. That's, that, it's a harsher word in the original language. That's what it says. You, 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 you foolish Galatians. Who has bewitched you? Who knocked you off course? You were running well. Who got you off track? Keep your faith in Jesus. Amen and amen. Romans 7 verse 4, so you don't look at me strange. Give me the text now. Now watch this. Why, why, why does our faith have to be in Christ? Why does it have to stay there? Here's why. Romans 7 4. Help me read now. Ready? Read. Uh-huh. Through. Right? So? Everybody say join to another. To him, in, for those wondering, what does my faith in Jesus have to do with me bearing fruit? Everything. Apart from me, you can do what? What can you do apart from Jesus? Answer the question. 
Nothing. Tell yourself that every day. I can't do nothing apart from Jesus. He's the vine. You're the branch. It's not the other way around. Romans 7, watch this now. Therefore, brothers, you were made to die to the law through the body of Jesus so that you would be what? Joined to another, to him. Joined. We've been joined to him who was raised from the dead. That's talking about Jesus, by the way, if you weren't clear. You've been joined to Jesus, and then he tells you why. In order so that we might what? Bear. What fruit were you bearing before Christ? You see, the law can never produce what the Spirit of God can produce. That's a fact. Your best works are as filthy rags before a holy God. So what, what, what abides? What, what endures? What will remain? Only that that the Spirit of God produces in us. Let me help you. One day you're going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Not, not, not for the damnation of your No, the judgment seat is not for, it's not an issue of salvation. It's for reward. But everything that you did with an impure motive is going to be consumed with his eyes of fire, wood, hay, and stubble, precious stones. Whatever was done with a pure motive will remain. Let me help you. Let, let, let's, let's settle the issue right now. What's going to remain? Whatever the Spirit of God has produced in you and through you. Everything that I've done, I've done a lot of things in my flesh, even good things. But the Lord knows, the Lord knows he knew that it wasn't done with necessarily because the Spirit of God produced that in me. Those things will be consumed. So what will remain what the Spirit of God produces in you? So you're telling me that I can't take credit for these things? Exactly. You mean to tell me that I don't get any credit for this? That's right. So that who gets the glory? God. Well, I don't like that. <laughs> take it up with him. <laughs> Pastor Joel, you mean I don't get any credit in this? If, if you really want credit that much, what, what you're going to be credited for is believing. Fighting the fight of faith. It's never a fight of works. It's always a fight of faith. And if you think that that's too easy, friend, watch your adversary come and attack your faith. Watch him. Are you in the house? Brethren, we're made to die. die. We died to the law through the body of Christ that you may be joined together. was raised from the dead in order that we might bear fruit. And he can't work. The Spirit of God can't work in us like we... Like, like we need him to when we're trusting in ourselves. Watch what Galatians 6 and 14 says. Paul himself said, now we're going to get into, uh, we're going to go a little bit deeper now. But Paul in Galatians 6, now watch what he says. He says, but may it never be, help me read, but may it never be that I would what? Boast. Except in what? Through which the world has been. And what? So. Why does the Holy Spirit produce this fruit in you? Because he can't allow you to boast in anything else. You're not going to be able to take the credit for this. How many of you would say I have, you have the love, of the love of God in your heart? Do you have love in you? Kindness? Patience? Do you have some of these things? I hope you do or else you need to get saved tonight. Do you have a few things? A few? You have a few? Encourage me, please. You have a few? You think it's because of you? Some of you are like, yeah. Actually, I do. It's the Spirit of God. How, how, how many in all seriousness can say, it's, it's the Lord's working in me? It's the Lord's working in me. Man, I can't take credit for that love. I can't. That, 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 that's supernatural. The Spirit of God did that. 
I remember Brother Flavio testifying, hey, Pastor, man, I used to fight with everybody in the club, and I remember you showing me your knuckle. Do you remember that? Pastor, look at my knuckle. I think, I don't know if you remember, one time you showed me your knuckle, like, Pastor, you see that? Look, I, got, I, like, I used to fight people all the time. I was always fighting. The change in him, he can't even take credit for that. It's the Spirit of God that did that change. You have to settle that issue in your heart. Christ is the one that's glorified in you wrestle resist the urge for vain glory paul tells the church of galatia watch it he said god forbid the lord keep me from boasting in myself in anything other than christ and what he's done for me god forbid god keep me from this i shared at the onset of this teaching that when i was younger my men, my mentality my mindset was different it was carnal and it was so carnal that the Lord allowed my name to be misspelled on flyers and programs. And it would go out to hundreds of churches and my name would be spelled wrong. They would add, num add letters to my name that didn't even belong there. And they'd introduce me and I, and, and, and I was humbled that way. And listen to me carefully. Those things, I don't believe in for one second that those things were mistakes or typos. The Lord, knew, the Lord knew how my heart was prone to be proud. He said, you're not going to stand up there like that. You're nothing without me. So I'm going to have a, I'm going to, so I, will, I remember one time waiting for the poster to come. Did the poster come in yet? I'll never forget it. It finally came and I opened it up. I'm looking at my picture. Oh, look it. I was like, look it. Oh, what? What? That's not my name. Now you're chuckling. But what has the Spirit had to do with your flesh? What has the Spirit of God had to do with in your flesh? You see, he's doing a work in you. Touch your neighbor and tell him he's doing a work in you. Now, let's go to our text. Galatians 5. Look at verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no what? There's no law. Somebody shout, there's no law. Why does Paul, like, why does Paul deal with the issue of fruit and law? Because he knows that law will never produce the fruit that you need in your life. Only grace does that. And the Spirit of God operates. Watch it now. He operates when that faith is in Jesus. Not in self. Not in the arm of the flesh. Not going to happen. So go back. Now put it up there. The fruit of the Spirit. Understand this. The fruit. The fruit of the Spirit is one. It's one. Not nine. One fruit. Not plural. Now you don't do violence to the scripture and saying fruits. That's okay. It's, a, it's an English habit. Nothing wrong with that. But it's one fruit. Nine characteristics. Nine attributes of that fruit. It's ninefold. One ninefold fruit. That characterizes what the Holy Ghost is doing in you right now. How many of you like Starburst? Raise your hand if you've ever eaten a pack of Starburst. Tell the truth in church. How many of you have ever, ever bought Starburst? You, you've not, who hasn't had Starburst before? You've never had Starburst. Brother, brother, you've never had Starburst? Stay after service. I'm going to buy you a pack. You've bought Starburst, right? How does it come? Quickly. How does it come? How does it come? In what? You've got Starburst, right? How does it come? Wait, it comes in a pack, right? Okay, it comes in a long pack. What's in that pack? What's in the pack? Is it just one big, massive, gooey, chewy candy? No, one package with what? 
I promise you, when you go to the store, you don't think, I'm going to buy uh, nine different flavors of Starburst. No, you buy one, Starburst, but there's different flavors where? One fruit. One fruit. I've heard this taught many times. Oh, there's nine. Wrong. One. It's not plural on purpose. It doesn't say the fruits of the Spirit. It says the fruit of the Spirit. It's one. One fruit, ninefold characteristics. There's a difference there. Okay? Now, this is what the Spirit of God produces in us. Love. What else? Joy. What else? Peace. What else? Patience. So it's the flavors of the Starburst. But it's still one package. It's the fruit of the Spirit in you. It's the work of the Spirit. Everybody say it's the work of the Spirit. Now, how many of you would say tonight, I need the Holy Spirit to work in me? Do you still need? I still need. I need the work of the Holy Spirit. I do. I do. I do. My wife brought home some cookies from, from, uh, from, from uh, Trader Joe's. They were like these pecans something. I don't know. But you know how Trader Joe's is always different. They sell weird stuff. And she brought They didn't even look good. They're totally unattractive to the eye. But I opened it up, and I had one. And I'm like, mm, my goodness. And because they're kind of small, the next day I had two. And then I had five. True story. And I, I had to. I literally, listen, I literally had to put the cover on and shove them back in the cabinet and say, these things are the devil. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you, even then, I realized I need to get control of myself. Now, now, I'm using cookies as an illustration, but some of you, it's pornography. Some of you are thieves. You can't stop stealing from God. You thought I was going to say from your employer. No, forget that. You can't stop stealing from God. For others, it's lying. It's, 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 call it whatever you want to. We need the work of the Holy Spirit. A lot of, I grew up in an environment that said, if you're doing those things, you're not saved. Paul's writing to believers here. Look at the church at Corinth. He had to tell them, hey, hey, now that you've been saved, stop doing these things. We have Thousands, millions of believers that have been led to believe, well, because I still do these things, I must not be saved. Wrong. They don't understand the gospel, nor do they understand Pauline writings. You can be saved and still be doing things that you shouldn't be doing. I wish you'd say amen because I, you know I'm talking about you. You don't ever trip. You don't ever slip. Give me a break. Of course you do. Some of you lied today. Some of you lacked self-control today. Some of you were mean to somebody today. Some of you were mean to your spouse today. And you're sitting next to them in church right now. So when I say, how many of you still need the help of the Holy Spirit? You should be raising your hands and your feet. I'm watching you, Elder Brown. Don't, don't, I'm watching you. Now, the fruit of the Spirit, they're not in, they, they are not individual fruits that we get to pick and choose. The fruit of the Spirit is one fruit, ninefold. We don't get to pick and choose, oh, I like love and I like patience, but that self-control thing, no, nah, I'm going to do me. You don't get to pick and choose. It's one fruit. You see, this is the work of the Holy Spirit. He's going to produce these things. And, and please hear me. I hope you're challenged tonight. Every believer... Every believer, not some, every believer should show evidence of all these things. 
Why? Because they're not individual things that we pick and choose. The Spirit of God's not only going to produce one and negate the others. What he does is complete. It's wholesome. And he's not going to leave you lacking. No. He does all of these things in us and through us. Some lack these things or some are not at the level of others. We're going to talk about the maturity or the maturation of fruit in a minute. Some people have mature fruit. Not everybody does. That's the difference. But let me help you here. You don't get to pick and choose which ones you think are for you. Every believer is going to have this fruit of the Spirit in their life if they're truly born again. Non-negotiable. It's absolutely non-negotiable. And I can say that because we know, put it out there secondly, that the fruit of the Spirit then is a physical manifestation of a Christian's transformation. This is how you know you've been saved. You can have the T-shirt. You can have the sticker on your car. It doesn't mean anything. You can play Carmen in your seat. You can play Toby Mac. It doesn't matter. I took you way back with Carmen. Nobody knew who I was talking about. Carmen, who's that? What? That's why I know I'm saved because I know who Carmen is. If you don't know who Carmen is and you ain't saved, I'm just playing. Their brother and dad was like, I don't know who Carmen is. Who's, who's Carmen? I have a sister named Carmen, but that's what. <laughs> Carmen, you don't know Carmen? Oh, come on. Carmen, the champion fighting the devil? Come on, that track, that Easter track, y'all don't know? No? Oh, look, Google it today after church. Carmen, okay, Carmen. Italian guy, handsome, shirt open, chest hair coming out. Y'all don't know. Oh, y'all don't know. The fabulous 80s in, the, in evangelicalism. How do you know somebody's saved? Here's how. Fruit of the Spirit. How do you know you're saved? How do you know you're in Christ? Here's how. Because there's going to be things that you can say, wow, these are things that I, that I didn't have in my life before Jesus. How do you know you're saved? Fruit. Somebody shout fruit. Somebody say there's fruit. Now look at your neighbor. You see any fruit there? Okay, don't look too hard because you might, you might get discouraged. <laughs> now, turn to Colossians 3. Come on, go quickly. I want to hear that Bible page turn, and don't depend on those projectors. Go to Colossians 3. Now, in, in the book of Colossians chapter 3, Paul writes to the church at Colossae, and, and, and what we see is, is familiar to what we read in Galatians 5. But what we read in Colossians 3 is in the form of exhortation. So Paul's going to see, and I want you to see for yourself, look at your Bible in Colossians chapter 3. The text is about to be up there on the screen. I want you to see how these things, he, he exhorts the church at Colossae, but it's, but, 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 but it's basically the same thing. Watch it. Galatians 5, we read about the fruit of the Spirit. In Colossians 3, we read the same thing. Now, Paul wrote this years, give me your attention, Paul wrote to the church at Colossae years after he wrote uh, the book of Galatians. This is years later, years later. So Paul writes to the church at Colossae years later, but yet it's the same exhortation. Okay, so let's read it. Ready, Colossians 3. Ready, read. Wait a minute. Come on now. We're almost done. Ready, read. So as those holy put on, uh-huh, uh-huh, gentleness and patience, 13, bearing with one another and Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. 14. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Verse 15. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And be what? 
Now, he exhorts the church at Colossae, but if you do a comparison of what he writes in the fifth chapter of the book of Galatians, it's basically the same working of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit operating in the church, producing these things that make us look like Jesus. Are you following the thought here? So, the fruit of the Spirit is basically the evidence that we've been changed and transformed. Okay? Now, the word fruit, put it up there, the word fruit describes a matured product. Okay? Uh, the word fruit there speaks of a matured product. Now, this is where we need to be encouraged and cautioned. Be careful that you not judge prematurely the undeveloped fruit of another believer. A lot of times we're guilty of condemning somebody because we don't see the fruit that is mature. Okay? That can be attributed to different things, even in the natural. A lot of times what happens in the spirit can be explained by the natural. Jesus, the master teacher, used natural examples to teach a point so that the people could understand the parables when you when you consider the parables of jesus many of them he used he took them right from nature the parable of the sower the parable of the grounds the different kind of grounds the so uh, the seed the stony ground are you the, the fallow ground all of those things jesus typically used these things uh, to teach a point to convey a point or a spiritual truth so so we can do the same thing a lot of times the lack of mature fruit can be ascribed or attributed to different things. Number one, the condition of the soil, the environment, whether or not that thing is being pruned. <laughs> we can get into that too. You see, a lot of things affect the health of a tree. And you better believe that the environment of that tree matters. Why does it matter where you go to church? Because whatever teaching you're under, whatever you subject yourself to, that's what you're being fed. That's what you're being taught. That's going to either encourage growth or it's going to stunt your growth. You being told to work harder, do more, do more, do more, it's going to stunt your growth. You're never going to grow. It's a vicious cycle. And all you're going to do is compare your life with other believers instead of experiencing, I feel the presence of God, instead of experiencing for yourself the outworking of the Holy Ghost, the operation of the Holy Ghost, and you being able, you for yourself, not because of your church. No, no, thank God for your church, but you being able to, you being able to say, my God, the Lord has done a work in me. I, I, have, I have love even for my enemies, and that's a work of the spirit of God there's forgiveness there there's joy there's peace there, all these things in me and thank God that he's working in my life you should, you'll be able to say that a lot of people quit on God because they don't see fruit instead of really asking themselves why isn't there fruit in my life consider your environment consider consider what you're eating consider what you're listening to and by eating I'm talking about spiritually just to be clear you're like eating I ate Carl's Jr. today I guess I better stop spiritual food consider what you're feeding yourself all of these things matter and lastly I'm not going to harbor on this but lastly stop resisting the shears of God because whoever produces fruit get ready God is going to cut you back not to hurt you or to harm you but so that you can produce more fruit Anybody who knows anything about gardening, landscaping, you know this. And if you want a tree to grow, you got to what? You have to prune it. You got to cut out all the dead leaves, all the dead branches. Right, Brother Tony? If you, if you were wondering who trimmed the tree, Brother Tony was up there with a chainsaw like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And he was cutting all the limbs off. Now, listen, listen to me carefully. Right now, it doesn't look too nice. That's what pruning does. And that's why the modern church resists pruning. 
because it, because it makes us to, it, it exposes really all the dead things. We resist the pruning because we want to look good. We're more concerned with looking good instead of being real about it. We like showing, showing off the green leaves, but if you pull back that, that, come on, you pull back that branch and it's all dead on the inside, then not a seed of it. You got to cut all that back. And guess what? The Bible says if you produce fruit, get ready because God's going to prune you back so that you can produce what? More fruit. So don't resist the pruning season of your life. Somebody came to church because you needed to hear that. Don't resist the pruning season of your life. If God is cutting you back, thank God for that. That means that he saw fruit in your life. He says, I got to cut you back now, right, brother Andes? I got to cut you back so that you can produce more fruit because it does you no good to stay right here. You're not going to grow. Amen. Right. So look at your neighbor and tell him you need to grow. So don't be careful that you're not judging uh, prematurely somebody's uh, fruit or lack thereof. It, it, it just might need to be matured. Have you ever had fruit that wasn't mature yet? Isn't it terrible? How bad is that? Have you ever had fruit from a tree and you're like, oh, this looks good? And then have you ever had an avocado that wasn't ripe? How does that work out for you? Good. Now, Lastly, the graces that we read about that we can call fruits, the graces, I'd rather call them graces because I think it's appropriate. The graces, put it up there. The graces that we, that we read about in verses 22 and 23, they are the proper outcome of the Spirit's operation in us. So this, this, is, this is the question. You're under the influence. Everybody here is under the influence. The question is, the question is, what are you under the influence of? Or who? You are, under the, you are being influenced right now as we speak. You are either under the influence of the Holy Spirit or you're under the influence of your flesh. Now, let me help you here. Let me explain it to you this way. The fruit of the Spirit, it's produced. The fruit is seen in your life. Just like the works of the flesh. Is it the flesh carrying out the works or is it you? Is the spirit the one bearing fruit, or is it you? Answer the question. Think critically for 10 seconds. The works of the flesh, beginning in verse 19, I believe. All those works of the flesh, Galatians 5, 19. All those works of the flesh, is it you carrying them out, or is it your flesh? Think critically for a moment. Is it you or your flesh that's doing them? Now, apply that to the, to the, to the fruit of the spirit. The fruit, is it the Spirit's fruit or is it your fruit? Now, the Spirit's doing the work. But who bears the fruit? You do. Don't be afraid. You bear the fruit. Does the Holy Spirit need more love? Who needs that? Come on, everybody follow me now. Who needs that love? Does the Holy Spirit need more kindness? So who bears the fruit? So now apply that to the works of the flesh. So. Look at it this way. The flesh is not the one carrying out the, the works. You are. You're under the influence of the flesh. You carry it out, but you're being influenced by who? By your flesh. Same with the spirit. The spirit is influencing you, working in you, producing what? Fruit. Who bears the fruit? You do. Who produces it? Spirit. So it is with your flesh. The flesh is influencing you to do what? To carry out what? Works of the flesh. So this is so key to understand. Because you have a lot of people that, that like to lay it at the feet of the devil. The devil made me do it wrong. 
you're under the influence of your flesh. Mm-mm. You bear that fruit. Same with the spirit. Spirit working in you? Yes, he is. You're going to bear that fruit in your life. Flesh influencing? Yes, it is. You're going to bear what? Those works. What are the works of the flesh? All bad. You can read them when you get home. But these graces, it's the operation of the spirit working in our life. It's the work of the spirit. Uh, This verse could have been translated the fruit when it says the fruit of the spirit. It could have been translated due to the operation of the spirit. Due to the working of the spirit, there is fruit there. There's fruit in our life because the Spirit of God is working. And that's what you need to know. You need to ask yourself tonight, who's influencing me? What am I under the influence or who am I under the influence of? Who is influencing my life? Really, you have to consider that today because the Spirit of God wants to do this work in you more than you even want him to do it in you. Lastly, understand good fruit. Put it up there. Good fruit. And because if there's good fruit, there's bad fruit. Good fruit. Put it up there. Good fruit is produced through faith in Jesus. And let's understand why he produces it. It's not so that you can brag. Good fruit is produced by faith in Jesus. It's through faith in Jesus. But here's why. It's to the praise and the glory of God. You bear fruit in your body. You bear fruit in your life. But here's why. So that you can give all the glory to him who produced that fruit in you. It's never for vain glory. I like it in Spanish. Vanagloria. Sounds heavier. It's by my glory. That's what it is. And I grew up in a day and age, and I'm done. We're going to finish right now. I grew up in a day and age where vainglory was rampant. It was rampant. I mean, it was rampant. We had evangelists who loved the spotlight, and that's why I'm standing here to these bright lights. I mean, they, they just loved it. Not much has changed. We still love it. The flesh loves it. We love to be put on the platform on the pedestal. We fail to realize that what that limelight that we so crave You want to know what it does? It exposes us. For better or for worse. And especially in the 80s, not only the 80s, but even now, it's oftentimes when a ministry or a minister gets so far close to that limelight that he's exposed. Friend, it's always better. If you want to get closer to a light, it's always better to come to his light, Christ, the light, of, the light of Jesus. Stop hiding in that shadow, but the limelight, you don't want that. Better to get closer to Jesus and let him do that work in you through his Holy Spirit to produce what? That fruit, one fruit, ninefold evidence, one fruit, not plural, one. And he does it in all of us. Everybody here should have the following. Give me the text, 22 and 23, and we're going we're gonna to pray. Everybody here should have the following. Let's see what we should have. G- give me the laundry list here, and this is it's good. Ready? Let's do the checklist. Ready? Read. But the fruit of the Spirit is? Stop. Is what? Do you got it? Hmm? Next? You, do you have it? Uh, do you have joy? You sure? Why you look grumpy like pastor then? By the way, this is my face. I was born this way. Blame my father. If you, don't, if, you, if you never met Pastor Paul Gonzalez, and you don't know where I get my face from. You ever see him smile? Never. He was born and raised during the time of holiness, where if you smile too much, you know, that's the devil. You have joy? Somebody shout, I have joy. 
I love that song. I got a joy like a river because when I was little, we used to love the part where I got a joy. We love doing that. Next, number three, what's number three on the list is peace. Do you have peace? Do you? You should. Number four, what else? Do you have patience? Mm, Y'all look real sketchy with that. Do you lack patience? Who here lacks patience? Sister, don't raise it so high. Don't raise it so high. Who here lacks patience? Brother Tino, not so high, my brother. Be spiritual. Just only raise it halfway. You lack patience? A little bit. What about the next one? Kindness. You have kindness? Are you kind? What about goodness? What about faithfulness? What about faithfulness? You come to church once every eight months? Mm, Pastor Joe, I ain't going to get them today, bro. It's raining outside. You got faithfulness? Ah, I thank the Lord for faithful people. Guess what? That's a work of the Spirit. You want to know how the Spirit of God's working in you? You begin to be faithful. God, give me some faithful people. Paul said, Paul told Timothy, Timothy, teach these things to faithful men, not gifted men. He said, Timothy, find faithful people. Gentleness. Are you gentle? That amen was terrible. That was the worst of the night. Are you gentle? And I love the last one. I didn't want to say it. My Lord, help us. Yes. Self-control. Mr. Eight Cookies. Thank you for that alarm. I appreciate that, Pastor Joe. He's timing me. Look at him. Terrible. I'm two minutes over time. Thank you, brother. Nine fruits. If you learn this tonight, then I've done well. Nine fruits, wrong. One fruit. It's not plural on purpose. Fruit of the Spirit. That means that all of these things come with the working of the Holy Ghost. So stop cherry-picking these fruits. Oh, I'm going to do me. I don't ain't, ain't gonna, nobody going to tell me what to do. Stop it. Stop it. It's fruit. So you're either under the influence of your flesh or the spirit, one or the other. What a challenge tonight. Go home and read the works of the flesh. Remember this too. The flesh produces works. The spirit produces fruit. There's a difference. Father, we need your grace.